Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. District of Conservation is sponsored by Real Camo Girl, a lifestyle brand for women who love the great outdoors, Spanning from hunting, fishing, foraging, archery, shooting sports, and the like. We are proud to have them as a sponsor, and you can learn more about them at www.realcamelgirl.com and follow them all across social media to learn more and get involved. Welcome to episode 14 of District of Conservation. Thank you guys for listening, tuning in each week. And if you're a new listener, we welcome you to the podcast. I try to keep things pithy, informative, and simplified because when I discuss legislation, it can sometimes be difficult to understand what the heck comes from Congress or state legislatures. So if you want more pieces like that, I'm happy to provide more info. But today we're going to talk about a few things relating to conservation, the passing of President H.W. Bush, who was a big conservationist. I'm also going to discuss Weyerhaeuser and the Supreme Court case that came from that and the decision and why it's good for conservation. And I'm going to briefly discuss the pieces of legislation still awaiting passage in both chambers or the U.S. Senate or perhaps the president signed it. With the death of President George H.W. Bush, who served as America's 41st president and perhaps the first president of my lifetime because I was born in 91. Yes, that pretty much gives away my age. I wanted to discuss his conservation legacy because you guys may not know what he did as president and even as vice president to help bolster recreational fishing and hunting in this country while he served in that brief period of time. But He had a lot of achievements during his presidency and especially post-presidency. And I wanted to highlight those achievements for you pretty broadly. Overall, his conservation legacy can be summed up with the following accomplishments. He helped establish, especially under his Interior Department and Fish and Wildlife Service Agency, 56 new wildlife refuges. He helped restore 3 million acres of wetlands in an achievement highlighted by Ducks Unlimited, which I'll go into further. He helped protect 17.8 million acres of public lands, including national parks, wildlife areas, and refuges. And he also signed the Clean Air Act reauthorization requiring the cleaner burning fuels to be used. So that's pretty debatable whether or not you support that. And I think some of us do have reservations about that last piece. But I think everyone can agree with clean basic the basics of clean water and clean air without too much overarching control from the government. But... He did a lot for conservation and you could argue the environment too. And with respect to recreational fishing, post-presidency, especially in the recent years, he helped give a grant of $50,000 to help start the initiative Vamos a Pascar, which is with the Recreational Boating and Fishing Foundation to help Hispanic families go fishing. And he did that in 2016. And in 2014, he was awarded the inaugural Keep America Fishing Lifetime Achievement Award, which honors recipients who recognize lifelong efforts to help conserve America's fisheries and habitat. And while he was vice president under the Reagan administration, he helped push 
amendments to better reflect and update the Sport Fish Restoration Act of 1950, and he would propose these amendments in 1984, and it would go on to help better reflect recreational standards. And in 1986, he was awarded the Fisherman of the Year Award, which is pretty cool. So that pretty much is a snapshot of his conservation efforts, and Ducks Unlimited praised him for his work as well, alluding to him setting aside 3 million acres for wetlands conservation. And Dale Hall, the CEO, is quoted as saying, President Bush's administration really elevated wetlands conservation issues in the United States, he said. He signed the North American Wetlands Conservation Act into law, a program that has been a cornerstone of our nation's wetlands conservation for more than 25 years. President Bush was a true champion for our natural resources. He was a true conservation hero. And I'll include in the show notes links to both of those awards and also that statement so you guys can read that. But not only was President Bush a statesman, he was a hero, family man. He was actually a very good steward of true conservation efforts. I agree. And his efforts will be missed. The second piece of information I wanted you guys to learn about or be aware about this week is the Supreme Court ruling in favor of the timber company, Weyerhaeuser Company. And last week, the Supreme Court unanimously ruled eight to zero because Brett Kavanaugh couldn't rule on this since he wasn't sworn in to his post until after this was heard. Uh, in Weyerhaeuser Company versus United States Fish and Wildlife Service, clarifying the application of critical habitat designations applying to actual habitats. And this was the first case heard by the Supreme Court justices of the judicial session. And some context behind why this case came before the Supreme Court, especially as it relates to conservation, private property rights, goes as such. In 2010, under the purview of the Endangered Species Act, the Fish and Wildlife Service declared 1,500 acres of property owned by the landowners and the timber company a quote-unquote critical habitat, end quote, for the dusky gopher frog. However, it was determined that the dusky gopher frog hadn't been found anywhere in Louisiana for the past 50 years within state limits. Shocker. And it actually resides 70 miles away in nearby Mississippi, therefore not making the land owned by the timber company, Weyerhaeuser, critical habitat for the species that hasn't resided there. And Chief Justice John Roberts said, only the habitat of the endangered species is eligible for designation as critical habitat. Even if an area otherwise meets the statutory definition of unoccupied critical habitat because the secretary finds the area essential for conservation of the species, the law does not authorize the secretary to designate the area as critical habitat unless it is also habitat for the species. So basically, this ruling, which is unanimous, clarifies that you cannot designate an area critical habitat unless a critical habitat or critical species actually lives there. And that's pretty clear and sound. And most hunters, anglers, and wildlife biologists will agree with that sentiment. And that'll go back to the lower court. Hopefully the Supreme Court doesn't have to rule on this again. I think this ruling made it clear that you cannot designate something or misinterpret the recovery status of a species or place critical habitat in an area where that critical endangered species or threatened species may supposedly reside because that does not reflect recovery standards that should be under the duress of the ESA. And this goes in line with moderating and modernizing the ESA, which I discussed in episode five. If you want a clear glimpse into what modernization should look like or why modernization should happen, again, this is not elimination. This is just modernization of the ESA. Check out episode five. 
I discussed it more into detail. And I like the decision of this case, and I think you guys will too. But check out that previous episode if you want to learn more about this issue. The third and final thing I wanted to discuss for this episode is critical pieces of legislation that are still pending during the lame duck session in the United States Congress. So there are several pieces of legislation that I think are worthy of your consideration, are worthy of you to call your members of Congress to express your support for. Uh, certain pieces of legislation and they're listed as follows. These three pieces of legislation should be passed in the Senate, especially. So the first being the Modern Fish Act, which I discussed in episode 12 with my guest from the American Sport Fishing Association, Alan Luck. This will help restructure how recreational fishing is regulated. And it makes it so it's not going to be viewed in the same vein as commercial fishing that the contributions from recreational anglers are honored and recognized and that they don't have further limits to legally fishing and enjoying the sport because no one conglomerate of fishing interests should have the sole access. Our public waterways are for every angler, commercial or recreational, and I think this will help clarify the discrepancies there and it should pass the second piece of legislation is the manager wolves act which just passed in the house not too long ago and it's much like the modern fish act currently stalled in the u.s senate in a the particular committee and what this will do is help wildlife biologists and other stakeholders in conservation to help manage the wolf populations in the great lakes region the greater yellowstone ecosystem and similar regions where their populations have just grown out of control and managed hunts are often seen as trophy hunts which should not be the case they help manage the herd which is really good for the wolf species because aggressive wolves will attack and kill one another and also overly aggressive wolves will attack ungulate species like the elk mule deer and other lower totem pole or lower food chain species so helping to manage the population which now exceeds over 5,900 if i'm not mistaken if i had last previously reported from the fish and wildlife service there are at least 5800 5900 wolves which well surpasses the amount to maintain a sustainable herd across the country so that should hopefully pass as well the land and water conservation fund is another piece of legislation that is long overdue to be renewed and accepted and granted there are some problems with existing legislation that's why a lot of republicans have not signed on for the reauthorization because they worry that localities are not going to have equal access to certain things so hopefully if those can be resolved that fund can be restored properly and i believe a fourth piece of legislation awaiting passage in the senate is the modernizing of the pittman robertson act which would incorporate recreate uh which would incorporate r3 for recruitment retention and reactivation efforts which is something that has been taking the fishing and hunting industries by storm to help bolster participation numbers especially in wake of that 2016 report that came out from the fish and wildlife service so I'm hoping those four pieces of legislation pass. You can contact your members of Congress. If you have a say, be polite, be civil, and try to shed light on why these are good pieces of legislation for conservation efforts as they are. I think there are su several others. I don't really focus on those other ones that you guys can study on, but I think those four pieces of legislation are good and will certainly help bolster conservation. And if they're not passed, they're going to be stalled for the next two years until 
as I argued before, that the management goes back, I would say, to the Republicans because Democrats are not going to pass this type of conservation efforts. They're not going to lead it. They will certainly co-sponsor, but they won't lead these efforts. So it'll be interesting to see what happens if this passes before December 13th or perhaps an extended lame duck session or if it will be reintroduced in the House of Representatives and start again. This was episode 14 of District of Conservation. I thought it was appropriate to honor the conservation legacy of Bush 41 uh, to talk about the recent passage of that case in the Supreme Court and why it's a win for conservation and these four critical pieces of legislation that will help continue America's conservation legacy. Study up on those issues, research more, and stay vigilant because it'll be very interesting to see what happens with conservation legislation going forward with the change in one chamber of Congress. And if you ever have any questions at any time, please do not hesitate to ask me. You can subscribe to District of Conservation across different platforms, especially iTunes. I would love it and appreciate it if you guys left a review there, subscribe to us, and share the good word. You can also listen to us on anchor.fm where you can see us distributed to Spotify, Google Play, and other participating platforms. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to never miss an episode or never miss the latest updates from this podcast. And good luck with your fishing and hunting seasons. I'm going to try my best to fit in some more fishing trips and perhaps one more deer hunting trip before the new year. And share your hunting stories with me. I always love hearing about that. Thank you guys, and thank you for supporting the podcast. Stay tuned for next week.